Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back in to Ticket Weeknights. This is the Don't Punt Hour. I'm Harrison Darn, joining the Ones and Twos host, as always. Good morning, personnel, as he gets his headset on here as we get all set up. <laughs> It's the NBA season opener tonight, and I actually should get the quick score update. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the NBA, uh, knowing that you are a Bulls fan. But right now, it's 37-220 at half. As the boss man's behind us, we got the doors open with the, the ACs out, if you haven't noticed yet. Good morning. <laughs> but uh, we have some NBA tonight. Right now, Nuggets are already up by... Damn near 20, 37 to 20 at halftime. Wow, I haven't seen a 20 points at halftime in an NBA game in a long time. Out the gate, too. Okay, it's not halftime. It's the second quarter with 11 minutes left. Okay, Google is being weird. I was like, there's no way the Lakers have 20 points at half. Uh, but then that one's going right now. And then at 9 o'clock, Suns and Warriors. Do you have any insight going into this game early on with the NBA season opener? Because I feel like with the NBA season, early on, you get a real test of the team's and then you get to a massive lull until all-star break when I feel like that's when you see a lot of load management. Uh, teams still kind of trying to buy where they're at if they want to tank, if they want to go for it. How much do you pay attention early NBA? Not not, not really. It's like the same thing. Like, well, what's different like with the, with the NFL and everything like that? But early on, you know, they play a lot of games. Like, that's – it's good to have it back, but, like, I'm not – they're they're not gonna be like that. Like as you said, as it gets closer to the all star break and everything like that. This load management thing is is it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> it's like, crazy. I'm like, always pretty I'll be honest, I'm pretty anti load management. Because when you look I, I look it up all the time, if you look at like the top scorers on average they're taking about like seventeen games off anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, eighty two games. The best players are already taking way less than that. Um, I understand like it is to protect your body and everything like that. But we got the technology today for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teams are not killing, you know, each other hard and everything like that. You know, football adjusts to stuff. We don't go full pads all season. Actually, we have a rule with, I think it's like after like week 10, like there are no padded practices. Period? So, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, like, at early in the season, like, you'll see teams, you know, you have a padded practice at least once, maybe twice a week or whatever. And then I think it's like after like week 10 or after week 11, like there's no more padded practices and we just practice with spiders and shells. So if the NFL has that to combat, you know, injury and everything like that, you're telling me the NBA who has, you know, fewer players. Um, I'm not saying that they don't have as much to do within the NFL, but, you know, their separate plays and everything like that's a different type of conditioning and everything that goes on with that. You're telling me that they don't have anything in place for, to, you know, give players, like, more optimal time to for their bodies to recover and relax and everything like that. Like, so the load management thing to me is like, okay. Yeah. I, to me, I always look at, like, it made sense when maybe you have a bunch of back-to-back days, you know, back-to-back games. But the NBA, one thing you got to give credit Adam Silver for and uh, the rest of the NBA is how they figured out how to drastically eliminate those. Like, I think it's... I don't even know if it even happens anymore this season. I know they're continuously working to get rid of those. But, yeah, the way they've organized the schedule, it just plays out so much better. Teams, they figured out the mileage. So there's always going to be one team that's unlucky that's going to have to fly way more. But there's going to be one. It happens. That's that's the nature of the beast. Um, The thing that I like, um, which I think, like, players kind of 
agree with it and you're gonna have to see more um with changing the rules for like um certain players to be eligible to get um like to be up for nominee for you know mvp defensive player of the year and everything like that like you have to have a minimum of so many games like played so i think that's good to where it's like you know you actually getting your you know your superstars to play and everything like that because if they're, if they're not hitting that mark you can have one of the better seasons but if you don't have like you know that minimum you won't be your name won't be on the ballot for to to win any of those awards like that. So I think I think that's that's actually like smart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do kind of want to dive into it now though because we have I haven't asked you this before, but in the spirit of the NBA season starting today, and again, you if you guys want to join in on this conversation, four two four six four five six eight five, who is the goat of basketball? Come on now, his airness. <laughs> Michael, it's not close. I. They've played in different eras, so respectively, like, and it's it's funny because people talk about this, talk about that, and everything like that. You know, I kind of grew up on the end of Michael's career. I've seen Kobe. Um, to be honest, I'm really not a Kobe fan. Uh, I have respect for him and everything like that. I understand what, like what he does and everything like that, but I was not. I was never a Kobe. You're fan. not the only one. You're definitely not um, the only one. But. When you look at it, I'm, I'm I'm just thinking of overall and everything like that. You know, LeBron has done things that, you know, some that other people haven't to each his own. Michael has done things that a lot of people haven't to each his own. Kobe has done things, you know, that they haven't and everything like that. I think, well, LeBron went to like um, 11 straight final appearances. Yeah, let me double check there. I, th- I want to say. I think, I think it's 11 straight, it be, which is, cr- which is crazy. Nine or 11. I think if the 11 is the right one, though. No. Let me double check here. Uh, which is crazy, but um, kids wanted to, to, you know, grew up emulating Michael. Not to say that they weren't with, you know, Kobe and whatnot, but I, I think Mike is just in a league of his own. Uh, he was a transitor, not to say that the others aren't. Um, but real was, quick, it's it's 10 NBA finals total, eight consecutive. Okay, eight consecutive. So from 2011 okay. to 2018. Okay, okay. Cavs Warriors. I must say that's still uh-huh. <laughs> that's still good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, players were trying to be like Mike. Like your favorite player's favorite player was Michael Jordan. Um, so I mean, the the goat of you know of this era and everything like that, I would think hands down is LeBron. But overall, I I, I think it's Mike. And people talk about ships. Well, if you talking about championships bill yeah that's that's always what drives me nuts with the michael jordan era because everyone's like well you only talk about the six straight finals and nothing else it's like what do you mean the other the other you know six years 15 years in the nba uh he was leading the league in points he was winning defensive player of the year he was he was he was was very he was very dominant you know he just wasn't winning it they started to 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 build around him and he was a he was a young he was a young Mike, mm-hmm. you know, and like these other teams were superstar teams. Like they they had Hall of Famers, multiple Hall of Famers, you know, on those rosters. So don't think like, oh well, he can't do it by himself. That like no, he was you know he he was he was dealing with the Pistons. Pistons were, <laughs> oh yeah, he was dealing with you know uh, Boston. Boston wasn't wasn't easy. You know the Cavs had a team. You know. Um, the Knicks had a team, so like it wasn't easy for him, and he didn't, you know, start out just, you know, day one 
of getting things done. But I mean, he turned the, he turned you know that organization around. They were losing that next year. I, I believe they were in the playoffs, or mm-hmm. that year that they drafted him, they went to the playoffs. They might have lost. I think those first couple of years, like he lost in the first uh, yeah rounds yeah. or whatnot. But I'm like, okay, well, look who he's, who he's playing and everything like that. And I think how they play play back then is completely different to how they're playing now. Oh um, yeah, I mean your pick and rolls were you know at the high, high post. A lot of the times, you weren't running a whole lot of high pick and rolls outside the three point line. It was still, still getting to that level where you had enough players on the court that you could run that high pick and roll, and it was efficient for you. It, yeah. So the, the way that they play the game now is is completely different. I think you know the their the opportunity of you know different types of guys and the way that they score. You know, now you got big men taking threes instead of just you know being in a post like Shaq dominating stuff and everything like that. That like that wasn't that style of like basketball wasn't you know, really like the thing back then. And, um, but I mean, it, it, the game evolves. Like, so it's not to say which is and which not and everything like that, but it goes back to, I, th- I think it's Mike and I don't think it's, it's close. Yeah. I'm definitely there with Michael Jordan. I would say the only thing where it's playing devil's advocate here, I don't think it's, it's super close, but I do think it's a little closer because with LeBron James, one thing you do have to give him credit for the point uh, is IQ. Oh, okay. Because you look at Michael Jordan when he really took off, mm-hmm. you know, Hall of Fame head coach Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. and he did have a big role in that, figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you need a guy like Michael for that thing to really take off and work. You look at LeBron James, you know, he's showing up with first year head coaches over and over again, mm-hmm. and he's taking that team mm-hmm. to the finals. That's for me the one point with LeBron James where if I had to give him credit for maybe entering that conversation about being the GOAT was his knowledge of the game was good enough to where he, as soon as he entered the league, it didn't matter who his head coach was, he he, he knew the game almost better than the coach, and he would find a way to elevate them. I wouldn't say that necessarily in his earlier years. His, his first couple of years, like with the Cavs. His first but, Cavs team that made it to the finals, though? Yeah. That's I, a LeBron I, run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'll give you that. Like mm-hmm. I said, so not taking away and, you know, his IQ of, you know, of doing stuff and you know his game has evolved like he's not you know what he was necessarily in Miami or the last couple of years of what he was in like Cleveland he's kind of you know starting to, I'm not saying coming down but he's not the explosive blowing by and yeah. once he gets a step by you like you know he's rising at the rim so uh but he he definitely he definitely you have to keep in mind like he he can be in it point blank he could he could turn it on at any point in time and you know what he's coming with so yeah I, 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 I will give him that He's definitely just more passive, which yeah. at this point in his career, I, you understand. spent more of your lifetime playing in the NBA than not. But he's still, <laughs> but he's still averaging twenty eight. <laughs> like that's crazy. That is the nuts part with LeBron James. It's a, it doesn't matter how old he gets. Uh, between him and Tom Brady, and even I'd give LeBron the bigger edge just because physically, I don't, he's still all so, there. So like. when when they when they when they go into you know MVP and stuff like that, like what what are like what are I know what I'm looking at. Like, you know, as it says, most valuable uh, player and everything like that. But I don't understand, like, is it more statistical or is it just straight out, like, performance or what a, a guy adds to adds to a team? It's a bit of a mixed bag. For me, it's you have to have more wins and losses. The wins does matter to me. I don't, if you're the best player on a bad team, even, like, it's just going to be hard for me to even grade your talent unless, you know, you're something absolutely incredible where – doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned if you're that good, you're finding a way to at least get to 500. Because mm-hmm. the NBA, there's enough good players now that you should be able to will that team to 500. Um, other than that, to me, it's a simple stance in the eye test. Unfortunately, I think it revolves around the narrative a lot. 
Because if you want to count MVPs, Kobe should have had more. LeBron should have a hell of a lot more. Um, that's Jokic that, should even and and that's more. what I'm saying. Like, I, like what? I want to see if there's an actual NBA article on the actual things they break down when they consider it. Between that and because um, when you say that, because I was thinking about the you know the uh, NFL MVP race last year with Mahomes and uh, with Mahomes and. Um, uh, Mahomes and who, uh, Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah, Hurts on the Eagles. And um, I thought Hurts should, should have won it, but they gave it to Mahomes. And it goes back to necessarily okay, like what are you like? Who's more offensive MVP? I think probably Mahomes for sure should have got that. But most valuable player, like if you took Jalen Hurts off that team last year, like they they didn't win. If Mahomes Mahomes went down, you know their their team was still capable of scoring and pulling out a win. And I think that was a big defining factor, and I'm I just, I don't get necessarily what the exact definition or the like AP what it, has presented an award. Right okay, let me skip through that. The award is voted upon by a panel of fifty. This is my problem right here. <laughs> the award is voted on upon a panel of fifty sports writers at the end of the regular season before the playoffs, announced after the Super Bowl. Sports writers. Not coaches, not players. For for the NFL MVP. <laughs> so if you got the right credentials and whatever your opinion is, you can possibly not know exactly what something is. But what if you just like the guy in red? They just he would just win. Yeah, that that's 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 different. Yeah. So I don't like as much as I love you know the sports writers world because I digest a lot I, of that. That is not for me. You can maybe have some media share in it. But a to piece, be the end-all, be-all. No, it needs to be the players actually in the league, the coaches in the league necessarily like, okay, okay, you put a you put a filler out, you know. Okay, say you take say you take like the last four games of the season. You put a filler out. And this is what they do with the um yeah, with yeah. uh no, with the Pro Bowl. So with oh. the Pro Bowl, like, you know, the NFL sends a list of all the players in the AFC, all the players in the NFC, who do you think you know deserves to be in and everything like that. So at the la- in the last four games or whatever, put out a filler of you. Okay, you know who your top, um, you know coaches and players. Like okay, who do you you put out a list of like you know four guys who you think you know at that point are arguably deserving of it. Okay, by week two you send out the next list of okay, out of those two like okay at least the top two if not top three send that back out and then going on into by by the last game or first round of playoffs, you know, okay, I have everybody submitted, and then that should be, you know, who the MVP is, offensive MVP, and everything like that, and going going forth that way. It's, it's a league. I'm not saying it's a league ran by players, but how can you not have your players have input? Input at all because they're the ones actually playing them, literally, and, right, and understand <laughs> and understands necessarily like what's going on, what it takes. Not to say that. You know, writers don't and everything like that, but that's what I'm saying. At least it's like a share, maybe. And what even if, what, then, I'd what, still what, say the players. What if what if ten of those writers are all Chiefs fans? Mm-hmm. Okay, I will put this in the argument though. At times, when they do kind of let some of these players have control of the votes, they don't always take that seriously, and you get some crazy answers. What do you mean? They might not. They might vote for the guy that's funny than actually the best player. That's happened in the NBA before. 
I'd have to find the article. I'll look that up for you during the break because it has happened. Uh, and I think it was for all-star selections when they tried it the one year. And the players were – it wasn't ever an MVP, but if the NBA want to do their all-star, they'll let the fans into it. They'll let the media into it. And the players will get a share. Historically, players quite a few times now have just voted very randomly picking the, not necessarily the best guys. So that's probably one of the reasons. That, but, well, you don't give them an option of necessarily writing in who they think it is. That's what I'm saying. You There's pick, the fix. You, you pick four. Okay. At, at the From the last four games on. So you got 17 games, whatever uh, game that is and everything like that. By the time of where it's four games left until the end season, you should know, okay, he's been playing good. He's been playing good. He's been playing good. He's been playing good. Collectively, okay, they, these four guys have an opportunity to win this award. You mm-hmm. know who it's between necessarily. You send that out, and like I said, for the for the Pro Bowl, that, that's what they that's what they do. Uh, they'll they'll send out lists. You literally mark, and it takes literally two minutes. You literally mark what guy you think deserves to be a Pro Bowler. So for receiver position, you take two outside, inside. Or, or or whatever like that and then so on and so forth for a guard you pick these two dudes you you literally mark them they have their names already filled in they have the teams they already would all you got to do is just mark your first selection second selection next position first select first selection second selection next position so make a list necessarily doing the same thing and literally they they, they have it out and it's like okay well we got to get this done by the end of the week and they have personnel people in the facility that makes sure the players get it done. We're not filling in or anything like that. You literally is just putting an X by which name and so on and so forth. And you flip the page. It goes all the way through from quarterback all the way to long snapper and, and kicker. So every position gets filled. So that's that would be easy to, okay, look, y'all, we got to finish this by, you know, a, a week and a half, get it back in, counted it back out and everything like that. Then you send – Whatever it is, what guys think of those guys and everything like that, you resend out another ballot of the top two picks, and you know, there there's either you you think that guy's been playing better than this guy, or that guy's been playing better than that guy, and that that way, and coaches have an input too to where they can. It's not a right in or what you think and everything like that. It's going off of performance, and you're not allowing guys to necessarily you know write in certain dudes because it's literally like what. And or you maybe can you know have a have a vote a voting poll or something like that towards the end of the season. I think to, you just have the to, names because those are they're going to be pretty obvious it, when you get it, to that point. Of you the know season. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you put those names up, people people mark it. You get it back in. You send a different poll out, and then that becomes you know who the MVP is. Because I don't I don't think writers should decide with something like that. Yeah, not like 100 percent of the vote. <laughs> like cut. I might even cut. You know. Like cut it down to ten percent. Mm, I don't know because they're if it's a good sports writer, they should have the unbiased if they're covering all the teams. Is why I say that. That's my point. I'll give that. you okay. I'll give you that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But for the most, since since we're kind of diving into this conversation and we understand how the NFL votes for it, what's your guess on how the NBA decides the MVP vote? I got pulled up. I thought I thought, I thought it was all I thought it was all like fan stuff. Honestly, that's for the All Star game. Okay, that's, that's okay, a lot of okay. fan stuff. Yep. Um, to, I'm not too sure necessarily on how it would be. Um, I'll just break it down for you because we got to go to break here. A panel of leading sports writers <laughs> for the same each, thing. Yeah, votes each year to which player will win the NBA MVP award. Each member of the panel has five votes, and they're asked to each list 
uh, the top players in descending order. First place gets 10, second place, seven, third place, five, fourth, three, and fifth is worth one. Okay, so outside of that, what else is a factor in who deciding who on on who decides to get 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 the vote outside of the writers or is it only just the writers? Just the writers. Yeah. See, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-mm. Well, that being said, uh, before we go to break here, who do you think is the current favorite if we're looking at betting odds to win the MVP this year? Got some new changes. Giannis and Dame over in uh, Milwaukee together. Nuggets pretty much held fast, keeping on to the championship roster. Um, I mean, you, obviously, you got to go with Joker. Like, like he, he's different. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what Dame can do because I, I think you know, new scenery, new page, and everything like that. I think he adds a different. Um, he adds a, he adds more value to that team. Uh, so you don't necessarily know what he's going to do with a guy like Giannis on that team. That team has won a championship and everything like that before. So those would be my two front runner picks just off of thinking of it. Yeah. Dame isn't actually listed. See how far we have to get before we get to Dame. Giannis is two, uh, which is fair enough. Who's one? One, it's it's Jokic, plus 450. You got okay. it right. And then Giannis is second, uh, only 100 points behind, plus 550. Then it goes to Luka, a little surprised on that one, plus 600. Tatum, Agreed. plus 700. And B drops all the way to plus eight hundred, and Damian Lillard plus three thousand. I'm taking Dame. He's listed in the MVP long shots. I like the underdog. I'm taking Dame. <laughs> It'd be good odds if you did take Dame, and it turns out right. Uh, you'd be you'd if be. If I was a better man, I you know what I'm saying. I yeah. would, but if we didn't live in the state of Nebraska, okay. <laughs> but we got to throw with the break here. Don't punt hour with the morning. Pierce, now I'm Harrison running the ones and twos. We'll talk to you guys on the other side.